This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord. So good to be back with you again, family of God, in Johannesburg. And all of you watching uh, in the various overflow rooms and all of you watching live in your homes, uh, so glad you're with us. And I'd also like to, to welcome all those watching on television. Praise God. Now, today we continue with part five in our series, Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? We're living in a world of so much confusion and, uh, and violence and crime and, and uh, lack. There's so many challenges. As if ever we needed God's help, it's today. And the Lord Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit to be our guide, to be our comforter, uh, to help us in these times. And we are not alone. And we are not to depend on our own abilities because God Almighty is in you to help you overcome every challenge you face. The Holy Spirit is your friend, family. He's closer than any brother could ever be. So please, let's learn about him. Let's learn to depend on him. Allow him to carry us to victory in every part of our lives and also allow him to influence the unsaved world around us toward Jesus. That's very important in these days. All right, so let's continue then with part five, getting to know the Holy Spirit. Who is he? Acts chapter one, verse eight, from the New King James Translation. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's what the Lord Jesus said as he was rising up in the clouds out of sight, going to heaven after his resurrection. The disciples were watching him. And he said, I want you to go and wait in the upper room until you receive power to be a witness. Power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit made Peter, the apostle, a powerful witness for Jesus. The Holy Spirit did that. Let's have a look. Acts chapter 9, verse 32. Now it came to pass, as Peter went through all parts of the country, that he also came down to the saints that dwelt in Lydia. There he found a certain man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. All right, so here's a man that is paralyzed. What's that mean? That means he's bedridden. He can't get up. He can't move. They carried him around. He's bedridden. So Peter doesn't pray for him. He speaks to the man, and he said, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. Imagine that. Imagine seeing that. Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise, make your bed. And he got up. Wow, that's powerful. The name of Jesus and Jesus are one and the same. You can see that right here. Because Jesus obviously healed the man. But all Peter said was, Jesus the Christ heals you. So when he mentioned, when he said the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ healed him. Isn't that amazing? Say that Jesus and his name are one and the same. All right, we'll say it this way. Jesus lives in his name. Or Jesus acts instantly whenever his name is used. See, it's not about you and me. It's about that name, the power of that name. See, the Holy Spirit is everywhere on the earth. And he 
does this on behalf of Jesus for Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit doing it. It was the Holy Spirit that did that right here. The Holy Spirit will do miracles through us if we honor Jesus like Peter honored Jesus right there. Peter honored Jesus. How did he do that? He said, Jesus the Christ heals you. That's honoring the Lord, giving him the glory. The Holy Spirit, you see, family, has been come, has been given to us to be a witness for Jesus. In other words, he has been given to us to exalt the Lord, promote the Lord, and give God, give Jesus glory and honor among the unsaved. As I said before, all other religions can tell the story of their religion, but we can demonstrate that Christ is risen from the dead by signs, wonders, supernatural, the miracles. And that's how we witness for Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. We need to be dynamic, bold witnesses for Jesus today. We need to lead folks to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit has been given to help us. Amen. The Holy Spirit will do the same thing through you and me that he just did right here through Peter. He also has come to guide you according to John 16, verse 7. Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him. So it's to our advantage that Jesus left the earth and sent the Holy Spirit instead. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. That means he will teach us the Bible and show us what's right and wrong in this world today. What's truth and error? Truth and error. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. All right, so the Lord sent the Holy Spirit to tell us the future as well. So while Jesus was walking along the streets of Israel, Jerusalem, Jericho, wherever he was, he would see a vision of something about to happen, say, for example, in five minutes in the future. He would see a vision of something about to happen five minutes in the future. He would see it. He would see himself ministering to somebody. He would see what he was doing in the vision before he got there. For example, he had a vision of what he would do at the pool of Bethesda. He walked in and said to a man at the pool of Bethesda, do you want to be healed? And the man said, yes, but there's no one available to put me in the water when the angel stirs the water there's no one there to put me in so I can't get up and get in so you can see right away this man's faith wasn't in Jesus was in the water he didn't realize who's standing before him so Jesus said to the man take up your bed and go and the man got up healed isn't that amazing he just spoke to him so that was the Holy Spirit working there the Holy Spirit showed Jesus a few minutes ahead of time that he was going to minister to that man. He saw himself minister to him. He saw himself speak to that man and say, take up your bed and walk. He just went in there and did what he saw in that vision. How do I know that? Because the Bible said in John 5, 19, Jesus replied, I assure you, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. So Jesus said, I assure you, I do nothing 
by myself. I only do what I see the Father doing. In other words, the Holy Spirit will show him, Jesus, the future of what he was doing, and he would just do what he saw. He only did what he saw the Father tell him to do. Now we can see in that scripture that the Lord Jesus was totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. That becomes clear. That's why the Holy Spirit was able to work through Jesus like a hand through a glove, like a hand works through a glove. So the Holy Spirit was able to work through Jesus like a hand works through a glove because Jesus was totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit wants to do that with all of us, not only me or some great minister of the gospel, no. He wants to do it through every one of us, all of us. Unfortunately, we are not walking in the Spirit as we can. Yes, we can step up our game. Yes, we can yield more to the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, we're not doing it as much as well as we could. Obviously, the main reason for that is ignorance because we just don't know enough about the Holy Spirit to be able to yield to Him. Well, we're learning that. We're learning. Now, one of the great keys to unlocking the supernatural and walking in this dimension of the supernatural is praying in other tongues. Say that with me. One of the great keys to unlocking the supernatural and walking in this dimension is praying in other tongues. When we do this, we are praying the will of God into existence. Please go to Romans 8.26 from the TW translation. All right? Obviously, that's me. Now, I took Romans 8, 26, 27. I looked at every single translation there was, and none of them made sense. I couldn't understand what I was reading. So I went to the original Greek, and I wrote out every Greek word in Romans 8, 26 and 27, and interpreted each word into English from Strong's Young's Vines, took the Greek word and wrote it in English. Then looking at only the Greek words, I connected those Greek words. I never changed them. I never changed the words from the Greek. I just put in extra words in between them to explain it. All right, and this is how it turned out. So, I'm going to read Romans 8, 26. Now, folks, as we read, notice the brackets. Wherever you see the words in brackets, that's my connection between the, the Greek, okay? So, likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, that word weaknesses is not talking about sicknesses, it's talking about human inabilities, all right? Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. So we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. So that's talking about the future. You don't know, for example, if you call to India or China or, or some other country as a missionary. You don't see that in the Bible. So you have to trust God for direction. So you pray in tongues and, and trust God to show you what it is your destiny is or your call is in life. But as far as knowing how to pray, of course we do. Jesus said in John 16, verse 23, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So that's a petition prayer, Right? This is not a petition prayer right here, Romans chapter 8. This is about the plan and purpose and will of God for your future. 
which you don't know, though the Spirit is about to reveal it to you. All right, so this is what God does to help us know His plan for our future. We pray in tongues. Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Should I go to India or should I not? But the Holy Spirit himself makes an intercession for us with groanings. What's that? What's that talking about? I'll put in brackets what it means. Referring to our heavenly prayer language, the groanings, that's referring to that. Praying with other tongues, which cannot be uttered. That means which cannot be expressed with normal speech. All right, so go back to that. It says, rewind slightly here. And uh, let me show you what I'm saying. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us, prays for us with groanings. What's that talking about? That's referring to our heavenly prayer language, praying with other tongues. And then it goes on to say in the Greek, which cannot be uttered. What's that talking about? Which cannot be expressed with normal speech. All right, so this is talking about praying in the Spirit, is it not? Verse 26 is talking about praying in other tongues. Now, we continue in verse 27. We're still talking about the same subject here. It says, we who search our hearts... How do I search my heart? By praying in the Spirit. By praying in the Spirit this way. So that when I pray in tongues, my Spirit is searching my Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in your Spirit. Your word Spirit or heart are the same. It means the same. It's the real man on the inside. So the Holy Spirit lives inside you, the real man on the inside, called a heart or a spirit being. Now, when you pray in tongues, it's your heart, your spirit praying, and your spirit is searching out knowledge from the Holy Spirit in you as you pray about your future. Watch this. We you search our hearts by praying in the spirit this way, as explained in verse 26, know what the mind of the Holy Spirit is. We know what the Holy Spirit is thinking. We know what His purpose is, His plan is. Because the Holy Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So then the Holy Spirit is praying for you, for me, when we pray in tongues, to bring about the purpose and plan of God for our lives. Hallelujah. Say this. Say this, everybody, please. When I pray in other tongues, the Holy Spirit carries me into the supernatural lifestyle because He is praying me into the will of God. Let's try that again. When I pray in other tongues, the Holy Spirit carries me into a supernatural lifestyle because he is praying me into the will of God. And it's obvious that we are born again to walk in a supernatural lifestyle. We are creating God's image and likeness, and God is a supernatural God. We are not dead people. We are a living soul with God's Spirit living in us. Yes, we are supposed to walk in the supernatural just like a duck swims on a lake. Hallelujah. That's our calling, our destiny. That's our lifestyle. So as you pray in tongues, let's say this. All right? While you're praying in other tongues at home, Every few minutes, stop and say this. 
Dear Holy Spirit, I'd like you to say with me. Dear Holy Spirit, I receive your instruction and direction now. And then you carry on praying in tongues. And you keep a notepad and a pen close by. Then after a few minutes, you say this again. Let's say it again. Dear Holy Spirit, I receive your instruction and direction now. Then you pray some more in tongues, and then you confess that again. If you'll do that, child of God, he will guide you in every area of your life and even the smallest little details of life and the big things you have to decide on will become clear to you. Yes, the Holy Ghost will reveal God's perfect decisions and future for your life to you. Hallelujah. Every so often, let us stop praying and make that confession. When we do this, understanding from the Holy Spirit will begin to float up from our hearts to our minds. Understanding from the Holy Spirit in our hearts will rise up, float up into our minds. Praise God. We'll begin to know things about the future, about other people, and our decisions we have to make will become clear. We'll experience a greater understanding of God and who God is as well. So let us stir up the gift of the Holy Spirit that is in us. Let us not forget about Him. Let's pray in tongues. You could have $10,000 in your pocket right now. And you could still die from starvation if you don't spend the money and buy some food. You have got the Holy Spirit inside your heart. He's there to help you with everything you do in life. But if you don't spend what God's given you on the inside of you, in other words, if you don't put the Holy Spirit to work or allow Him to work, should I say, then you will suffer the consequences of living an ignorant life, making wrong choices, and not having God's help in life. Why ignore the precious Holy Spirit who's been sent to help us? How dumb can we be and still breathe? Now let's go to Acts chapter 11, verse 21, from the New Living Translation. The disciples, this is talking about the disciples, Acts eleven twenty one. The power of the Lord was upon the disciples. The anointing was upon the disciples. And large numbers of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. Praise God. So once again we see the anointing on the disciples brought multitudes to salvation. Hallelujah. Many got saved because of the move of the Holy Spirit. You know, I can tell you so many stories. I don't know if I've shared this with you before, but I was 23, old, three, 23 years old back in 1971, and my friend Kelly Smith told me that his mother went to Living Waters Church where Pastor George Dillman was the pastor. And that she saw a baby get healed from cancer of the brain. And when he prayed for the baby. So Kelly told me what his mother said. And immediately I said to him, we are going to that church. And he said, are you serious? I said, yes. So I loaded up. I had a minibus with red flowers all over it, painted red. Theo's disco on the back and the front in those years. I used to run nightclubs for a living. And uh, so I loaded up all my friends, not all of them, but I put 15 people in that place. So 
that bus that was just about falling out the windows. We drove, we parked in front of that little church. We went in and sat down in the front. And Pastor George Dillon preached the message. We all got saved that night. All received Christ as Lord and Savior that night. And our dear brother, Willie Conradi, prayed with me at the altar. Um, and um, I was gloriously saved. I gave up my past life of nightclubs and started going to church completely, totally. The thing that changed me or got me interested is that miracle of that child being healed. I would never have come to Jesus any other way. Thank God for Pastor George Dillman who walked the walk and allowed the Holy Ghost to move him through him supernaturally. But I can tell you so many miracles of people who got saved through healings and miracles and signs and wonders. For example, the weekend before we left to come back to uh, South Africa, our last weekend in Johannesburg, I got a text message from a lady, I won't mention her name, before we left San Antonio to go to South Africa. And she asked me if I'd pray for her because she was suffering tremendously and the doctors couldn't help her. Plus she had a serious problem with her knee and needed surgery. So um, I said, sure. I said, come to Janisburg. She was in the Cape. Now, I think she must have driven about 12 hours, but she said to me, her husband won't bring her because she suspected he's having an affair and he wanted to divorce her. And he wouldn't bring her. So I discussed this with her. I said, look, ask him nicely to bring you. And he wasn't interested in God at all. So eventually he agreed to drive her 12 hours because she couldn't drive. She, she was not well enough to drive. 12 hours to the church in Jasper. So um, I told her to contact Zelda, our secretary there, and make the arrangements for me specifically to pray for this dear lady since she drove all that way. So I said to Zelda, after the second service, let her be at the bottom of the stairs and show me who she is, and uh, then I'll pray for her. So after the second service, I came down off the stairs where to go down behind the platform and up the green room. And um, Zelda said, this is the lady. I said, fine. And uh, so I prayed for her, and the Lord totally healed her. And I said to her, I said, now, did your husband come to church? She said, yes. He was in both services. Wow, okay, that's amazing. So I said, well, go get him. I want to meet him. Oh, she said, no, I can't bring him to you right now. He's in the back somewhere. So I said, what's he doing in the back? She said, oh, he put up his hand, uh, and then they, they, they took him into the prayer room. I said, you mean he accepted Jesus as his Savior? She said, yes. I said, why did he do that? <laughs> what made him do that? She said, oh, well, when you ask, everybody to stand up for healing at the end of the prayer. When I prayed for the sick at the end, I asked him to stand up and need a prayer. He stood up because he'd been suffering chronically from his spine and his neck for many years um, and um, in tremendous pain. And so um, when I prayed, the Lord Jesus healed him. The Spirit of God healed him right there at his seat. And so he sat down and told her, I'm healed. All the problems have gone. And so he accepted Jesus as his Savior, right there and then. He drove home saved. Praise God. I think that's awesome. But here's the thing, family. They were in church the day that that young lady, Tony, got up out of the wheelchair. He saw that. And then he got healed. So the supernatural brought him to Jesus. 
I've seen that time and time again. Praise the Lord. Many got saved because of the move of the Spirit right here in Acts chapter 11, verse 21. We will see the same thing because you will talk about what Jesus does, what the Holy Spirit does. As you talk about it, certainly you'll see people come to Jesus. All right, when we pray in tongues, the anointing upon us grows stronger. The more we pray in tongues, the more supernatural experiences we will have. Acts 6, verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith, and the power or the anointing did great wonders and signs among the people. Acts 8, 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. So we see then that the supernatural miracles resulted in joy in that city. Because of the prayer in the Spirit, praying in tongues, the presence of the Lord came, and these men were used to bring healings, miracles, and joy where they went. Praise God. And many salvations. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for salvations. Hallelujah. Another example of the Holy Spirit being poured out is Acts chapter 10. Peter, the apostle, was instructed by the Holy Spirit to go to Cornelius' house because the angel of the Lord appeared to Cornelius and told him to go find Peter, who will be, who will be who are staying at Simon the tenor's house, and will explain the way of salvation to him. So he did what the angel said. He said, go find Peter. So he sent people down there to Joppa by the sea to find Simon Peter at Simon the Tanner's house. And when Peter came, he began to preach a salvation message to the, uh, the uh, Gentiles a great crowd of Gentiles at Cornelius' house. Now, there were a bunch of Jewish Christians that came with Peter to Cornelius' house. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10, 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, preaching the gospel of salvation to a bunch of Gentiles, that means non-Jews, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the Word of God. The Holy Spirit fell upon them. Isn't that amazing? Remember we read, the Holy Spirit will come upon us or fall upon us like the rain, the former rain, the latter rain. All right, so while Peter's preaching a salvation message, the Holy Spirit comes down. What happened? Verse 45 and those of the circumcision who believed, that means the Jews who came with Peter, were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Again, poured out like rain on the Gentiles also. How did they know the Holy Spirit came upon the Gentiles? Verse 46 says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. They all got full of the Holy Ghost while Peter's preaching salvation. The Holy Spirit is desperate to get people filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is obviously desperate to get people 
filled with the Holy Spirit. If you don't speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit is desperately wanting you to do so. This free gift is available for you. I invite you to go on the Christian Growth Seminar where you'll hear the teaching on that subject and you'll be able to decide if you want this or not. Once you understand the subject and decide to receive the Holy Spirit, you'll be prayed for and you will speak in tongues. Everybody who attends that class always speaks in tongues. So go on growth track and then go straight to Christian Growth Seminar. Before the Holy Ghost, I promise you right now, you'll never regret it. So, the Holy Spirit wants us to be filled. The Holy Spirit never waited for, for Peter to do the altar call. He never waited for Peter to do the altar call. He interrupted Peter's message. That's how eager he is. Wow. All right. So right now, I'm going to show you a short video of the lady who got out the wheelchair. Her name is Tony. If you see her, please greet her and encourage her. And also Fatima, who was delivered two weeks before that. You saw her video. She's joined Bible school. Precious soul. If you see her, please love on her and encourage her too. Now, Tony, her husband, just said that um, she can do Bible school next year. So isn't that exciting? Praise the Lord. All right, so family, let's watch this video of her getting up out the wheelchair as the Holy Ghost did the miracle when the name of Jesus was used. Go ahead and show it. My name is Tony. Santi and Sylvia were always good friends of mine. Well, she told me, Pastor Theo's out, Pastor Theo's out. So then I tried to make it, and as usual, she had an little attack, and then back in the hospital, got very sick. They had to do some more operations. On that Friday, then she says, okay, this is Pastor Theo's last Sunday. So they didn't even believe that I'd make it to church, because she still got him to pray over a cloth that I've got up in my bedroom. And she said to me, it doesn't matter. He's prayed over a cloth. I've already told him about you. And um, I said to her, no ways, if you see, I'm coming. Definitely, definitely coming. Say this with me, Holy Spirit. I receive your presence. You know exactly what I need. And I receive it from you now in the name of Jesus. I had the accident in January. I woke up a day and a half later. I remember looking out the window, being bewildered thinking, where am I? I had both my arms strapped to the bed. They hadn't repeated anything. I had both my legs lying in open casts, and I could not move. And um, I was just crying. I cried for about a month. I still even remember praying, please, Lord, I don't want to live in this state. I'd rather you take me into your arms. Please, Father God, just take me, take me. I can't lie in this pain. I can't feel this pain. It was broken ankle, broken lower leg here. Yeah, broke both the top legs, two legs, cervix, hip, and back, both parts. One snapped, and the bottom, that was a big problem because it shattered the bone. So the bone split off into the back. And I had, sorry, two broken ribs and a broken hand. Every single doctor that told me says it's a miracle that you're even alive. I sense there's some folks here that need major surgery. If you need major surgery right now, I'm going to pray for all those need surgery. Come out here quickly. I was in the wheelchair, and Sansi said to me, do you want to go for prayer? So she pushed me. Well, you'll see that my legs were twisted like this. You go every two weeks for surgery. Are you in a car accident? Okay, you've had 8 to 12 surgeries. I don't know what Pastor Theo saw, but he, he said to me, just come and go through everybody's 
prayers and he, he pushed me along oh, yeah. to everybody getting prayed for. I want this lady right over here. Did you know your one leg is shorter than the other leg? No. Did you, can you see that? Like, look where your heels yes, are touching. Can. can you see the heels where the heels are touching? Yes. Now, do you believe Jesus can lengthen that short leg? Yes. Of course he can. Watch it. Here it comes. Surgery. Now I'm going to measure it coming in. Late for wheelchair. All right, this happened to be your right leg is also shorter. All right, so thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here it comes. It's the same, right? Yes, it's the same, right? I watched all of that and I still thought in my brain. I believe in healing. I believe I can be healed. However, these people can lift up their legs. I don't think I understand. So my legs were sitting like this. I used to actually put down the one pedal of that thing so that I could hang the one leg and sit the one leg here while well, I used to put them together like this. It's the only way I could sit comfortable. It's such a floor Why are you scared of touching the floor? I can't get down at all. Give me that, take that bag out the way. So you can't walk at all. I can stand up, I can't walk. No, no, you're not standing anywhere. You're My staying in that chair. Uh, they must have to the ground like this nowadays. So we, they fixed the top levers. It stands okay. like that. So but you like saw this. Jesus do some miracles here now. Yes, I did. And you saw all the videos. Yes, and I believe in Jesus. Okay, you believe you're going to receive your healing now. What's going to happen to you when I pray for you? What's going to happen to you when I pray for you? The bones are going to loosen. They're going to come together. They're like intactable leaves. Okay. And I'm going to be able to walk more freely than I can walk. What about walk perfectly? Walk perfectly, yes. Yes, what about that? All right. So are you ready to walk? Yes. What's your name? Tony. Tony. Are you ready to walk? So he said, pass me your legs. And I, I still thought, oh, no ways. There's no ways I'm going to pass up my legs. My legs came up like this. <laughs> and maybe to this degree height. So he said, oh, you can't put up your legs. I said, oh, this is funny. Funny. <laughs> Give me your legs. You can't even lift them up. Okay. That's fine. Stay where you are. Just want to see. I can't measure your legs like that. All right. I can't measure your legs. You can't straighten your knees. Your legs are bent. All right, I'm putting my hand on you, right, Tony? Yes. That warm heat, the power of God is going to go through your body right now. So I receive the anointing of God to flow through my body and heal me right now. In the name of Jesus. There it is. Mm. The power of God is flowing through you, Tony. Feel that warm heat? Yes, good. Power of God is so strong here. I have to make sure I don't fall over myself. Anointing of God is flowing through your body. Straightening those legs out right now. Straightening those legs out right now. He's straightening those legs out right now. Strengthening your body, loosening your body. All this pain is gone. The arthritis is gone. The discomfort's gone. All future surgeries are healed. God's healing your body, honey, from head to toe. Thank you, Jesus. You can give God all the glory here today, aren't you, Tony? Yeah. Yeah, Before, for me to stand up was a matter of push down, grab, yeah, there, twist your body. It wasn't to stand up. <laughs> that was not a chance I'm going to fall. <laughs> and when I held his hand, I felt the spirit more so. So I felt more of a relaxed. My legs, you know what happened is when they operate on your legs, you get blood clots around you. 
and your knees get very stiff. So that's why he said, what do you want to pray for? And I said, for the stiffness to go away, for me to be able to put my legs back together, to be able to touch the ground, which I wasn't able to do. Um, and those are the three things I asked. He said, what about to be perfect again? What about walk perfectly? Yes, what about that? And I wasn't even thinking about that. So when I held his hand, I felt more of the spirit. So when we were walking, I said to him, no, we can run. push me in the wheelchair. So I thought, okay, well, this could be one, because first of all, I've got a broken hand, but let's go for it. And, and then I did, I pushed him back and forth. that I've had input in my life, I believe God placed every single one of them. So I, I thank you, Pastor Theo, for the time that he spent with me, first of all, for what he saw, for the continued prayer, and the continued prayer that I know everybody is holding me in. There's something in group prayer, you know, one or two more gathered in my name, there I am amongst them, 100%, and I need that. Afterwards, we go to the garage, and there was a lady, oldest lady, and she was pumping up a, a tube. So Sean saw it out his window. She, he said, what is that for? Is that for a wheelchair? He said, here's a brand new one. Here, you can have it. And then he shared the testimony of me being saved. So the woman just stood there and she said, were you really healed? Really? So I said, do you want me to read you? That's what's my wheelchair. She says, really? Okay. Okay. So then they got a brand new wheelchair. Um, and I said, oh, maybe you should also go for faith. Praise God. Wasn't that exciting? Wasn't that wonderful? All glory to God for the Holy Ghost that worked supernaturally right there for Tony in our wheelchair. Now let's remain standing and let's begin to pray in the Spirit because we've just been talking about the importance of that. Let's pray in the Spirit for the Christians in U Ukraine. They desperately need our prayers. Let's intercede for their protection, for their for provi provision, because they don't have any food, they don't have any water, they don't have any medical supplies. Many children have lost their parents. They're wandering around aimlessly with no one to look after them, no clothes. Let's intercede for them. That's very important, very important. The least of these, if you do whatever you do, you're doing it to Jesus, right? All right. So let's do that now. Let's lift our voices. The worship team are going to pray in tongues with us as well right now. Let's pray over the microphones, worship team. Let's pray. Everybody lift your voices. Go ahead right now. Intercede. Father, we intercede for the Christians in Ukraine. We thank you for providing for them. We thank you for protecting them. We thank you for meeting their needs, spirit, soul, and body, giving them water, giving them food, giving them medical supplies, guiding them away from danger, rescuing the little children that are wandering aimlessly without parents, helping the injured. We ask you to heal the injured right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for healing the injured Christians right now. We thank you, Father. We ask you to cause those bombs to blow up in the sky and not hurt the people of God. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the angels that camp around the believers and protect them in all their ways according to Psalm 91 right now. We give you all the praise, Father, for what you're doing. Now keep praying, family. Keep praying in tongues out loud. That's right. That's right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Lift your voices. Lift your voices and pray in the Spirit. 
for the people of Ukraine, the Christians who are suffering. Thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Praise you, God. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Father, the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Let's give God some praise in the house. Thank you, Father, the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want to encourage you to continue praying for the believers in Ukraine at home. Don't stop. I sense a tremendous burden. The Holy Spirit wants us to pray. All right. Every head bowed, every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Thea, I need to be sure I'm going to heaven one day. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going when I die. Can you help me, please? Yes. If you want to be sure you're going to heaven, if you want God to give the assurance right now in your heart that you're saved, you're God's child, then when I count to three, slip your hand up and you'll be included in the prayer I'm going to pray right now. Are you ready? One, two, three. Slip those hands up wherever you may be. Thank you. All right, praise God. Say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, everybody, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on that cross. You were punished for my sins so I can be forgiven. Please forgive me, Jesus, for all of my sin. Thank you, Lord. Come into my heart. Thank you, Lord. Save my life. Thank you, Jesus. I declare you are the Lord of my life. I'll live for you with all my heart till I see you face to face. Praise God, I'm saved. God is my Father. I'm bound for heaven. If you said that for the first time, stay in fellowship with Jesus and we'll see you in heaven for sure. Now, the person that's praying with you right now is going to take you to the prayer room for a moment and minister to you. Go with them. Everybody give them a great big hand. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we sure love you, and we can't wait to see you again next Sunday. God bless. We are praying for you continually. Pastor Bev and I love you with all our hearts. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 